Okay, so we're going to do another podcast because, hey, we want to be consistent and you're leaving town for a week. So the cool thing is, if had I not said that and if I don't put this in the podcast, no one will know if we actually do the podcast because we usually record on Wednesdays and I'm picking you up on Wednesday. And I know the first thing you want to hear when you get off of an airplane is, hey, let's go do a podcast. So anyway, so what are you getting ready to go do? Tell me what you're going to do, why you're leaving today. Where are you going? I'm going to Missouri. Um, Hannah and Alexis are trying to get all the way south to Florida. I'm hitching a ride to a family reunion in the southwest part of Missouri. And so I'll be... Um, you got a direction just paired with me. Okay, this is helpful for this. Um, I feel like it, it's going to be a needed trip. It's not going to be a long trip, thankfully, kind of, because we have so much going on here that I hate to leave my boys alone and such too long. But to um, understand that. drive that way with them and then fly back. I don't get to go all the way to Florida with them to see Noah, but I'll send my kisses. So Hannah and Alexis, we're going to go to... Missouri, did you say the family reunion? Reunion? Yes, reunion. I'm having a really hard time articulating words today. I'm not sure why. So we'll see how this goes. If, just for, the clar for clarity's sake, I, I've only been drinking Diet Dr. Pepper, which is probably since I haven't been drinking a lot of that lately. Maybe that's why my words aren't working. I don't know. Um, I, the reason I say that is you're, um, you pulled a question out of the hat here that says, how do you cope with seasons of life that feel stagnant? Um, but and I think I want to jump into that, but I wanted to talk about, we've been talking about family, and, um, and you're going to see your family. And Seasons of Life is a thing that's celebrated. I've always been amazed when I go to your family reunions about how many people do you expect to be there this year? Um, it gets less and less each year because my, my mother's sisters are, have passed away, or a lot of them have. And so it's extended family who don't know each other as well. So it's getting kind of sad because it papers off. There'll still be 30 to 50 people there, I imagine. Somewhere around there. It's not too bad. It's, how, what's the biggest one we've ever been to? Do you remember? For some reason, it feels like there was much bigger ones in the past, but that's still not too bad. No, there's only there's six siblings and they're extended families, so it's not... Not what? It's never been overwhelmingly huge. We've been able to fit into a normal home, so it's not like... A normal home or a shelter But, I mean, park. you've been also to a couple of um, probably bigger things, such as my grandpa's birthday, which was in a church building, and it would have seemed... And there was probably close to 100 people there. There's a few outsiders and, you know, extended families, but also outside the family would have come to see that because it was all of us singing. Every one of my mother and her siblings... Um, all have singing groups in their family, actually literally groups who produce albums in every one of their families. I, I believe so. I've said that before and I'm almost positive I'm right about that. Um, so they're, you know, when they get together, that's one of the big things they like to do is to do music and sing. And so I guess we have to finally um, come around and make our own album rather than keep up with our daughter. I know, right? But, I mean, we're keeping up the tradition. We have all the tools now, and I'm actually learning how to do it. So you know, maybe one of these days you and I should sing together. I kind of well, miss that. We don't sing together like we used to. She has an EP, going. technically. She's not important yet. So the thing so. that sticks <laughs> oh, out to my Sorry. mind is that um, when we read that thing, the difference or the thing that always comes to my mind going back Okay, you want to go to the question. Let me reread um, re re the question. I, I don't want you to at the moment. Let me address what I was going to say. Sorry. I think of in, uh, I think it was in First Timothy when Paul reminds Timothy of his heritage 
his grandmother Lois and his great grandmother Eunice or something like that. Is that mm -hmm. am I right about that? You are that right about that. Sure. But he reminds him to not lose what they have passed on, and that always comes to my mind. The reason I thought this question, how do you you cope with seasons of life that feel stagnant, was important, is that I think you, my answer to that, would be to revisit things that have meant, have been milestones or have been places of growth or have been things of um, where God has touched you or God has made himself real to you. And definitely one of those, or the most important to me, would be my home and the people around me that I grew up with because they exhibited the, the Holy Spirit to me. They exhibited Jesus and his love. And so when I go back there, even though the church life is a little different and, and the setting is completely different than when I grew up because we're on the west side of the state, I grew up on the east side. But a lot of the same faces, the same, the same um, sense of God's presence among his, his people. Because even though they're family, I know them more as God's people. And I think that makes a lot of difference to me. So I'm thinking of, for me, times of stagnancy mean that I need to revive what was, what is dormant or what is, um, what isn't what it used to be or, or what needs to be revived. There's places in the Bible that talks about praying for um, whatever it might be, the, fill of the, the infilling of the spirit or, or the uh, renewal of the flame fan the flame, that kind of thing. So I think these are things that I always think of when I go home to visit. And there are many other places in my life where God has spoken in more direct, um, or not more, but you know, in direct ways, and, and it causes me to be revived in a sense, or reminded at least of his presence. But one of those is definitely my home. Not everyone can say that, I guess. So that's really valuable to me. What about you? I've never had a season in life that ever felt stagnant. I don't understand okay. that. I've been married to you. My life has been nothing but thrills and joys. And yeah, you're a liar. That's not right at all. <laughs> what I I You've never I, I'm, felt I'm thinking stagnant. that someone in their 20s wrote this question, which yeah, makes me really worry nervous me. me. Too, I know. Nervous me makes me, I told yeah, you, I'm a little. It disturbs me a little my, my My language skills are stagnant at the moment. But I, um, well, that, I think stagnant is maybe not the word that I would use. Um, well, I was going to say, because you and I stale? have even is gone... Stale? Is they're going for? Well, you and I have even gone home when our... Went home, and I mean maybe mainly to my home, when our lives were kind of confused or we were not sure what God was doing. We've gone to a place where we kind of want to be surrounded by people that love us or whatever. So that makes me think of that, although that would not be the word stagnant either, I don't think. I would I, feel like stagnant, it would be the word for me, discouraged or... What I can deal with, what I can relate to, is not stagnant, um, but disappointed in where I am, where maybe I'd like to be, or what I okay. thought things were going to be. Sure, that that's reasonable. Because I don't know. For me, it would be, um, life's not what it's supposed to be right now, and therefore I get stuck. <laughs> and, and what it's supposed to be, meaning what you think it ought to be at this point, or yeah. what you... Like expected by the time you got there kind of thing? Well, what causes stagnancy? Lack of movement, right? So if you're going to use the word in its literal definition, stagnant water is water that's not moving. It's just sitting there. It's right. collecting 
algae and disease and becoming unlivable because without a water source coming in, something going out, fish can't, not without all. Without vision, certain, the people know. perish. Yeah, that kind of idea. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm just thinking, so if things aren't moving as, and, and I think that, so there's two battles that would be going on for me, is there's water that could appear stagnant that isn't stagnant. A lot of ponds don't appear to be moving, but there is a water source coming in because they're teeming with life. True, right. So maybe there's two problems. Is life really stagnant or am I just looking at it and it's not going at the pace I want it to because mm -hmm. I'm not on a roaring rapid river ride versus <laughs> a nice gentle flowing brook or worse yet, I'm in a pooling pond. You know what I'm getting at? It's, I'm, boy, it's mm -hmm. a terrible, maybe it's a, it's a good metaphor. I'm just having a hard time figuring out. So for me, there's first, there's a mental aspect to stagnancy. And so the only way that I combat that is I need something new flowing into my thought you said when yeah. you go to a family reunion or that's, that's not know, new. That's it's, to me remembering what has but it, once it's renewing. Me or it's renewing. It's me. it's still new because right. you're being renewing. reminded. Israel right. was you know, the all the feasts, every Jewish feast is designed to remind, to renew the mind. Sure. Um, Hebrews, I mean, excuse me, Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us to renew our minds. We have to be, renewing means you have to restore, refresh, or replace what's stuck with yeah. something new. Renew, Funny. new. Makes me think of, right now, we're kind of into this Bible Project podcasts, which are definitely not new thought, because they're from the Old Testament. Just reframing from old, stuff. Yeah, yeah but it, well, it's not even reframing to me. It's reminding and making depth out of what has become a little bit shallow or a little bit like if I pick up the Old Testament and I start to read a passage, it it's not, and there was a passage they were discussing about not boiling a goat, baby goat in its mother's milk or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I read over that and probably zip through it. Don't even, you know, consider it. So this podcast has opened up our eyes about the Hebrew terms and the ways that it might have been. So even though it's the Holy Spirit, I've just discussed that a lot, he's going back and looking at it in the Old Testament and coming through and making it all kind of new. Like you said, it's, it's a new approach or it's a new thought, but it's not new. It's renewing me, right? That's mm -hmm. kind of what Yeah, you're... that's what I'm getting at. It, it's, there's, a, uh, there's two things. There's renew and then you're saying new new um, <laughs> well and it's renewing you need a different thought if you're stuck if you're stagnant you need a different thought if if life is the same over and over and over again so change it up um, you're either, you're going to either change your mind you're going to change your location um, there's another thing you can change um, change your mind change your location change your attitude which is kind of changing your mind somebody gave me like three changes at one point mm -hmm. in time but I didn't pre-study for this conversation so I'm just going <laughs> to go with Something needs to change. You're looking for a change because you're yeah. feeling stuck or stagnant. So you change your situation, you change your mind, or you change your heart, I guess. Uh, you know, there's still a third change in there I can't figure out. Mm -hmm. But the point is you, you're going to need... Oh, location is right. Location, yeah. Um, and, and people do that all the time. You get tired yeah. of a place, you get a new job, you move somewhere else. Um, and then you find out you have the same problems in the new place because you went with you. And um, the problems generally don't have to do with your location. They oftentimes have to do with something in your idea about how things are supposed to be. Right. So um, changing your well, information. that's even true about marriage. That's we've always said that about marriage. Well, and I think that's maybe the heart you of this leave, question is maybe. You when, leave a marriage because it's not, there's a million different reasons. It's not good or it's not whatever. If it's not actually a failure, then like you said, if you go on into a new marriage, you still take 
most of those problems because at least 50% of them were yours to begin with, right? So you're saying the new situation, the new whatever, you're still going to take you with you. So you've got to deal with who you are yeah, in that yeah. situation, right? Even if it's whatever stagnancy is. Well, stagnant water can be simply destagnated by putting fresh water into it. it begins to dilute that which right. is stagnant and clean, clean it, it out. out. Yeah. yeah. So it's. Something needs to be repented or. Yeah. I, to, so down. to me, it's a pretty straightforward answer. You know, renewing your mind so that you need to refresh yourself with what the truth is, what's real. Mm -hmm. You know, family's important. You're going to go to the family reunion. The reason they get together every year is because they miss one another. But they also there's a there's a sense of love and bonding that comes from the family that you don't get for the rest of your life anywhere else if it's a good upbringing and. You have a lot of memories and apparently recordings um, from family members of days gone by that um, are, are that refresh a sense of um, love and value and appreciation. Say, refresh, um, if you don't have that foundation, so let's ask let's ask that question. What if you don't have that family foundation? Because a lot of people don't right. in this world, well, and we just and um, you know you. <laughs> this card is ill, Ill placed on my table. The um, the. Uh, if you don't have that foundation, what do you do? How do you how do you do that? You know, you you have a foundation that you had a very clear and secure upbringing, as far as you understand. Your memories are mostly um, rooted in something that that you can draw value from. A lot of people, the value that they draw is is negative, yeah. and so um, what is it that needs to happen in their lives? Let's just say for a second that somebody is um, they're coming out of a dysfunctional home or whatever. Um, and Jesus definitely is a good Sunday school answer for that. And I think that's, that is, and is the right answer. But how does someone actually draw value when they come into a community of people, um, when they don't have it as a root, when it's not a, there's not a foundation there? Does that make sense? What are the pieces? Well, how did, how does, how did Jesus communicate value? Well, Okay, so to me, there's a couple different things. One is, like we just said, to kind of remember what the truth is. The truth is we've been loved, we've been accepted and drawn in by God's presence, by His, by His love for us, not really any people involved with that to begin with, even if people were the reason we understand the truth. But it's Him that we get our actual value and identity from. But then there's another piece of that that I learned and I feel like it was exampled very well in my family. I don't do it as well as they do, for sure, and I still am in awe, but is to serve others. Because once you give value to someone else, it's an automatic mirrored value onto yourself. It, it's as if God has truly waited to show us our own value until we're able to pour some into someone else. So I think um, that's a key. Uh, and the reason he gave us the church, the reason he gave us family, the reason he gave us a group, a community to interact with was for us to exemplify and, and know his love first and then exemplify and know how to serve and love one another to point to him through one another. Okay. Um, I think, so, so what you're saying is one of the ways in which that happens is serving one another, is that getting into a place where they, you're seeing service and, and, and experiencing it. Because if you're coming in I think new, when you're serving someone else, I'm actually talking about that you can't get out of, outside of yourself. You can't find value just in your own little world 
unless you experience it by by interacting with others and giving to others, because then God's love also makes more sense. I, I get that. But what I'm saying is, if you don't, if you come into a situation, a lot of people do, and they um, don't have a foundation of love. It's not there. They may have new information. Um, so, you know, say someone goes to church and they hear about Jesus and they and they experience life transformation and since they become, but they're still their foundation. There's not a foundation laid in a, in a healthy family situation. So they are going to suddenly understand what they're drawing out of service. Yes, I'm, are you no, saying that? I didn't say that. Okay, well help me understand what, what you're it, getting It doesn't at. suddenly happen. I, what I said was, first, you renew and you understand what you were writing while yeah, I was Yeah, so well I was no, taking notes me. on what you were saying. I apologize. Uh, well, no, it's okay. But uh, what, I, what I stepped up to was service. So what I started with was your identity, your value is found in knowing that you are loved. And that's what drew you in there to begin with. It, it was what even if it was given to you or handed to you by a human, it was God who reached out and drew you there. So it's renewing and reminding uh, of that truth, of that love. And, and to me, anyway, that's where it starts. And okay, then so let me what rebuild. I was meaning by the way you experience that, way you start to flesh that out and make it make sense, is by starting to serve someone else, starting to interact with other people that cause that, that to be a two-way horizontal relationship that's exemplifying the vertical relationship. Okay, so if I'm if I rebuild that from what I'm hearing, I think I'm hearing you say, is when someone's coming in, if they have zero foundation, they understand, they hear the truth, or they hear that they're loved, and they see that love because others are serving them, and then they in turn begin to take what they now know and practice it themselves by giving it away, by serving others, and in that, a process begins to build in them a foundation that they don't already have. Right. So how do we deal with folks... Um, that uh, that's well said. Huh? Well said. As oh, that's I'm just Mr. Summary mm -hmm. guy. I'm trying to figure out how to summarize it, um, th because for me, there's the thing. I think one of the biggest frustrations that we deal with too in stagnancy, and this is it's it's interesting because this word has such a broad, it's such a big word. Stagnancy is what do you do with somebody that you know, you're, as a leader, you and I, that appears to be stagnant, but I'm on the outside looking in. Um, but doesn't appear like they're making any progress, that they're kind of stuck in their circle and they're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Is that stagnancy? Do we know if they're stagnant? Um, or you know, how do we help them see that they're stuck and, and move them forward? How do we spur them on? Yeah, because if someone, stuff? again, if somebody doesn't have a visual or an experiential of love and they come to, and they, in other words, of love, and I want to just use the word of the great adventure of life, because if you're a good parent instills in their children a sense um, fans the flame of a natural adventure. Our children have adventurous spirits, right? You know, and, and, and I think we fan that flame in them as parents. We want them to grow up and still want to go out and seek that adventure. You and I, somehow or another, that was fanned, and I don't think I was running away from anything. I think my dad and mom you know, fanned that in me. You know, see the world, experience it. And then my calling took me further and took me on that journey. And you're saying that's what love is? Or are you saying that's a way it's exemplified? Or I think one of the aspects of, of a loving home or foundation oh, of love is in a... Is in a, is a is, is a desire to exp get out there and make a difference in the world. To yeah. be, to have, to take on life as to a great adventure, rather than and then use that in the world as opposed to make them give to you. Kind of thing. Well, well, I think there's two options in life. You're going to go on a great adventure, or you're going to hunker down and hide. And and I think, and you don't have to leave your hometown. I'm not saying to people who never left your hometown that your people are all hunkering down and hiding. I don't understand <laughs> you types of people, but um, I don't think that's necessarily true because a lot of people who've lived in the same place their entire lives have had an adventure. 
making a difference in their own world. But I think to, if you stay in your hometown and you hide and you never do anything to interact with your community and you never do anything to make an impact on your community or to be a, a life change Talent agent in someone's grow. life, then, then you're hunkering down and hiding. If it, life is about making things in life safe for me, making a nice picket wall rather than a picket fence, <laughs> um, then, you're, uh, then, you're, then you're doing... What is a picket wall? Picket right. wall, you know, a wall made with really tightly woven pickets. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was a metaphor. I got it. <laughs> Don't make me think. Um, then I think you're you're going to wind up. You're missing the point. So if someone's coming into life and they have been abused or they have just been um, dysfunctional, and that, then the result of a child that feels like they don't have love is they're going to protect themselves. So they begin to build barriers. Oh, yeah. yeah, and so then then they get out and then they hear about love. Well, okay, what is their definition of love? So what they've seen on TV. <laughs> what they think they've glimpsed in on and nowadays, what they've glimpsed on um, Instagram or you know Instabook or Facebook um, or uh, you know any of the places that life is seen in pictures, which is worth a thousand words, nine hundred ninety-nine words of which are not the truth. <laughs> um, so they they have an image of something, but it's not. It's based on fantasy. So now they're coming into a, an actual community where they're going to be loved and challenged but with no foundation, or a worse yet, a terrible cultural foundation. Um, so they're gonna be, from an outsider looking in, I'm th my thoughts are, and the way I tend to approach it, is if I see someone who's coming into my world that's terribly damaged, I don't expect from them to jo go leaps and bounds and suddenly get it and be living that serving life and all those kinds of things. Generally, if they're doing that, I'm more suspicious that they're trying to please me or they're trying to pretend to be something they're not yet truly that's it's, that's really hard because I appreciate that mentality. That's a good approach because it doesn't cast any expectation on anyone or, you know, allows you to uh, let them grow, let them be patient with them. But I think it's difficult for me to not kind of hope and I guess expect that fairly quickly. I think because I think from the line of kids, we immediately begin to teach kids and I'm frustrated with my children even now that don't understand what it means to even just be servants to each other. I kind of almost expect that when they've been given that they'll want to give. But you're right, it, it's, not, it's, it's not something that everyone understands very quickly and some have been less um, exposed to that sort of uh, response, I guess, that's why I say that. So you're right in that we, we need to be patient rather than expecting that they would want to give because they've been given to um, and instead have to show them, train them, kind of let them see and be a part of that. I think because I grew up with a family that had that mentality, you, you are automatically seen as a, when you're seen as a part of the family, you're also seen as a giver as well as a receiver of that, whatever it might be. It was, it was just a known, it was kind of an unspoken Thing. And I'm, I'm even mostly referring to this family. I'm going to go back to see the at the reunion. Everyone there is, is under that same understanding from my viewpoint. And they may not be, but it's you know, is my naive young view, whatever. Growing up, so because of that though, and that training sort of, I kind of have to expect that with my own kids or with young, even young believers who I. I think we'll catch it quicker than I, than you're exactly right, than they actually will, probably well, that, based on their own I'm thinking of the words common sense. I think 
50 yeah. years ago when someone would say you have common sense. I think America had a much more of a common culture and common understandings and common beliefs so that when oh, you said, right. do you have any common sense, common sense referred to a sense of values and morals and more that was, that, kind of that was fairly you know, homogene homogeneic or homogenic. There's, there's a word, homogenous, that's the word. Um, uh, although I liked the two I made up. Um, the, that are, they were very homogenous to, uh, to, they came from a very homogenous culture. We weren't, there, were some, there was some um, disparity, but Christ, Judeo-Christian belief structures are, were rooted in the core of who we are. So common right. sense was, do you have a common understanding of what we value as a culture? In the last 50 plus years, that's changed dramatically. Let's, okay, yeah. we just have 75th anniversary of D-Day was this year, so 75 years, let's give us more. <laughs> I'd go back a little further and say, in 75 years ago, the greatest, quote, generation was willing to lay down its life and die for a common cause for a country. We still have a, the largest strong stand, standing um, military in the, in the world currently as a, as a volunteer um, army, but, um, or military, but, uh, you know, do we still hold the same values and, and as a culture? I don't think so. I think that right now common sense can't be assumed, well, they call especially when you don't have a definition of what that is. Because common sense to you and I might be a different set of common sense for someone who just moved over here from... Well, and, and that is very difficult to conceive of, to remind yourself of, because we are a, quote, post-Christian or post-modern post post first and then post-Christian is what I recently heard. Um, society now, including the United States, which is really hard to accept, but the fact that people grow up either with no understanding at all of, like you said, a core Christian belief, Judeo-Christian that was in our country to begin with, or that they grow up with the wrong version of it, and where they don't even understand what that means anymore. They might understand a sense of morality, but it's their own version. It's whoever they were around. It's their version, or it's morality completely separated from God or from Jesus or from the love that began the whole thing that, you know, that gave us a foundation to begin with. So they might know a set of rules, of course, again, kind of bent toward whatever they were raised with, but not really. So we see courtesies. We see some, quote, common courtesies, but even those... Even those are questionable. Yeah, and even those nowadays we might even call um, politically correct at one point or another so that you walk on eggshells to know what someone's going to interpret as courtesy, you know, or cur courteous from one place to another. I feel like that's, Washington is that dichotomy exactly. They're, they're courteous people, but they have such a removal from their actual, this is an older area of the country, so it's a more foundation of Christianity up here than they act like, but it's so removed from it because of the, the Pacific Northwest liberal movements, I don't know, whatever, Seattle's overarching, uh, I'm not sure what has caused it, but it feels as if there's a sense, it's almost like the... Some parts of the country are rushing towards a no-God no society. Yeah, well, it's almost others. like the, the scripture, um, a form of godliness, but denying his power. They kind of act like they understand what Christian values are, but they really don't want to have anything to do with it. So they've, they've literally pushed out the purposes, the foundation of it, so therefore they can't experience what it's truth is which is the foundation of love so well, yeah i mean you're yeah, exactly right I, anyway we're really far off the no i don't think we are at all oh, i think we, we're still we're still answering the question of what do you do the question's asked for whoever the individual that wrote this you know how do you cope with seasons of life that feel stagnant and i mean we could pick with that on a larger 
compass and spend a few minutes talking about what that's meant for you and I particularly. Maybe you'll see it from another cultural point of view and be thankful. Yeah, an outside perspective from a larger cultural view, sure, um, that definitely could be. When you compare what you have with what others don't, it makes a big difference in how you see your gratitude shift for what you have. Um, We used to always tell people that they need to go on a foreign mission trip or a foreign trip so they can appreciate what we have here. Unfortunately now with... um, I've met a lot of people here. (laughs) Well, I've met a lot of people here who go off on the Peace Corps or things Mm -hmm. that, and what those things are is they're trying to do service good but without a hope or purpose. They're just trying to, you know, the hope and purpose is to try and better the lives of the people they go and see. And I meet so many people that have done that and they seem to have a um, less appreciation for what we have to offer as a a country and as a people um, and more just disgust that we have stuff and other people don't rather than, well, why don't we. You well, know, because we don't because well, I think there's a I think there's a shift in where we want the government to provide, mm-hmm. and I think as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, you and I have said no. The charity, the the church, the community of faith should be giving, not because it's being imposed by a world government or a national government, but because the hearts of people as individuals, as a whole group of people, come together like we see in Acts chapter two. The people are so changed that they begin to take care of one another. Mm-hmm. There's no mandate. They just they understand that God is giving, and they begin say, to become again, giving it people comes themselves. From a foundation of of understanding God's love, being loved, and understanding that there's an eternity available to us. So it's broader, like you said, the hope is bigger and and deeper. It's not government take care of a few things for a few minutes. It's literally um, into eternity. I was thinking about. Uh, when we were just saying, and I'm kind of lost. Um, the question Starting is with, I know what I was going to say. Something I do when I get stagnant, or maybe a better word would be, um, I, not necessarily hopeless, but I want to say even angry, where I've lost my, my view of life. I've lost my thankfulness, I was going to say. I start with thankfulness because I've lost the ability to appreciate what's around me. That makes me think of stagnant. It makes me think I'm literally just a part of the pond, like you said, that's deteriorating, going down like everything else. Once I kind of view, I was thinking about this morning I was, I took a walk um, as I dropped a car off at a neighboring house or whatever and just went through kind of just along the sides of the woods and I, the smells overwhelmed me. And all I could think was I need this so badly sometimes because you lose perspective, you lose thankfulness, you lose whatever when you literally are in this court kind of stagnant, go to work, go, go to do this, come back, eat, go sleep, go to bed, you know, and you've got that that routine that's a little too routine you don't see what's around you, you don't stop and smell <laughs> and, and enjoy God's presence. When you do, I don't think it's stagnant at all, and I think you begin to be thankful again, and that perspective switches your ability to to see that you're not quite so in that stagnant pond you really have a hope and you know like we were saying at the beginning when you renew your mind with with the scripture and you remind yourself of what the truth you hold it can't be stagnant it's not it's it doesn't that's not true of it it's so much and there's so much to learn and there's so much to grow in and there's so much to to enjoy and to, to take in from from being with Jesus, from knowing His presence, from experiencing what He wants you to, even in this on this earth, on this planet, you know. 
I was listening to that podcast again too, and they were talking about that. How it seems as if some people that talk about being filled with the Spirit sort of act like they're separated out, like they're over in this little, you know, and some of them even go to monasteries and such to kind of separate themselves from the world. And he said, actually, we're to be in the world, not of the world, but we're to be even more creation than any anybody is. In other words, we're supposed to, we're abundant life is what the Bible calls it, but also the Spirit fills us. It's to, it's to give us an overflowing ability to in, enjoy and take in what's around us. Becoming even more human is how he put it. Even more uh, enlightened of, of what God meant for us to be able to be, you know, to, to truly live life, to, to be full of life. Anyway, I well, it it's, me. okay, so. So that would be the opposite of stagnant, is what am I? Yeah, well, point. and what you said, <laughs> what you, actually, what, one of the things you said, take a walk. I was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I mean, you, you, you put in a lot of things, what happens well, when you do that, but, things, you know, yeah. So that was actually goes back to what I said earlier about change your environment. It doesn't yeah. have to be a move to another city. It could just be take a walk. Yeah. You know, um, what do you do when your when your relationship feels stagnant? Well, do something different than what you're doing now. You can be intentional about that. Um, that, that relationship. I mean, that comes when it comes to relationship advice. I mean, one of the biggest areas you have that question is you know um, when affairs happen because sex life has become stagnant. Mm. Um, people that they just have not. They've just fallen into routines, and the reality is, is as human beings, we tend toward the um, like simple. Nobody, nobody, nobody gravitates towards excellence. We tend to gravitate toward mediocrity. Mm, yeah. um, we tend to do what's easy or what's simple, which I can't tell you how often I'm reminded when I look in the mirror that the reason I struggle with weight is because I gravitate towards what's easy. You know, and, and how many times you're like, well, fix this for yourself. And I'm like, well, but it's not in the front of the refrigerator and I can't dig in the refrigerator to find it. I can, but I can find this piece of cheese right here and I just take it out and just eat it and leave. Because well, I, piece I, of cheese is good right Piece now. of cheese is good. In your, in your particular. <laughs> my point is okay. I don't work for excellence yeah. in that area of my life and it's shown over the years. Um, and it's not funny, but the same thing is going to be true in the um, the way in which we uh, the way in which we talk about all sorts of things in life. You yeah. know, um, particularly when it comes to relationship and um, when it's stagnant. Um, one of the areas when I, I mentioned uh, sex life, the um, after a baby's born, that's kind of puts things on hold for a while, or sometimes the latter part of the pregnancy. And from the man's viewpoint. From the man's viewpoint, but it's <laughs> but um. Because there's a lot going on. But it depends on who you're dealing with, men or women, or you know, uh, or whatever. There's um, the, uh, the there needs to be intentionality. I think is the mm -hmm. word I'm looking for to make something happen, make something change. Uh, when I deal or counsel with young people too, you know, and the same thing that I say all the time is something new needs to come in. Like I said, to refresh or renew. Well, if you are stuck on something, you're, you're, you keep referencing a podcast. It's one that you haven't listened to before six months ago. And just recently you've right, started listening same. to it and you've kind of gotten mm -hmm. addicted to it. And you've, we've, you've had exciting things to talk about because you're like, oh, this is what this was said. And I heard it here. Well, it's made and the even, Bible come back to life again, kind of in a way. Um, because I, like I said, you read these passages and sometimes you sort of just stare at them. You don't really see them because you've read them too, too familiar or something like that. So it opens back up a new energy, a new life, a new, um, uh, new knowledge in some ways because stuff Hebrew-wise I wouldn't have known or at least am revisiting that I haven't known in the past. But you were going to say something about 
No, we're, I think we. I think I've covered what I wanted to say there. I, I um, the the you know, make it, so when we have been in our and personally, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to think of. Why I'm stammering? I'm trying to think of a time in our marriage maybe when we just felt like things were stuck. Or has that been the definition of our marriage? I know for me, I've been stuck with you for 31 years, but I, I, well, I'm, I'm comfortable in that stuck situation. Like you said, I think we've had seven babies, so after babies, it's kind of a challenge to to renew romance, do whatever, trying to trying to keep um, because of either my viewpoint on my own. Uh, Dizziness, overwhelmingness, tiredness, you know, maybe even body type and such. It, it has been challenging, those kinds of things, if that's what you mean. And then for us to draw away or find time together and stuff because of kids. And But I think one thing that we have always done, and I will always attribute it to why we even still like to go and be together, is that we've, we've never allowed ourselves to stay there long. We know it, we recognize it. So we even if it's pack up all the kids and go on a camping trip or pack up, you know, um, find someone to, to watch them and we make sure we go right away for our anniversary or maybe it's just that God has put it in a place in the sense that we have a conference to go to or we have this to go to or whatever but nearly every time we think we might kind of get there and it might even be dangerous for us because we've hit vulnerable places um, Phoenix was a really hard one for me and I think there were times where I was vulnerable but whatever um, has been there. God has put in place something else that gives us, for us sometimes it's even just literally moving because for other people that's caused stress. For us it's like a new adventure almost. Thankfully because we've had a lot of help. We've not had to do it all ourselves or we've been burdened by it more probably. But So it, as if, like you just said, the stagnancy, if you can recognize it, if you can see what, what's going on or what it is that's pinpoint where that area is do something about it, move, do, make, yeah, do something new. Find a way to uh, break up what has been stagnant. Yeah, that makes sense. For me, I'm, you know, if I had to over, over arch this, it's, it's the simplest thing is I think when your life is, in, is stagnant, find, be intentional about figuring out what it is you need to do to break the dam that's holding back the water mm-hmm. so that you're stuck there. And that means you just don't sit there and mope. Get up and do something about it. Go camping, take a walk, mm-hmm. have a quiet time, put right. new information into your brain. Pray um, with someone. <laughs> pray with someone. Get into your community. You said something very key earlier. Go serve someone else. Um, uh, and then practice gratitude. Say, I was a, a list of thank, I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for. You know, yeah, do do, do so something. And, but it, but it, it's not just going to happen. You're not going right. to just suddenly be... Not stagnant. It definitely has to be intentional. I mean, you But may, that's why I was saying identify it, because sometimes you don't... You may just be depressed or discouraged, but there's probably something like this that we're saying yeah. that would move you, that would change. Someone may break into your world and help you get started, but you got to be intentional about moving forward with it. You know, it's, it, it should never be on other people to be your, your the person that constantly is feeding you what you need to get better. Sooner or later, you got to learn how to, to carry your own... And then oh, the Bible actually does say that help carry someone, one, someone else's load. It doesn't mean you carry all their load. And so we have to help now and again, but we also have to carry our own now and again. So and then find someone else we can anyway, um, have a safe trip, and I'll see you okay. next week. And um, we'll cool. pretend like we never were apart because... I keep on-